This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gonna Talk Back Again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Join you at 8 a.m. every single morning. Hope you're doing good and well and enjoying uh, what is uh, hopefully going to be a much cooler week. Uh, yes, it's me moaning about the weather again. Um, but I hope you're doing good and well. I'm still not 100%. Um, still feeling it a little bit. So apologies again if there's any coughing or spluttering. I'm going to try and mute my mic during those moments. But uh, do still bear with. Um, but I hope you're doing good, uh, and I hope you've enjoyed your weekend. Uh, let's jump into the chat box and say good morning to everybody that's joining us. AOC till I die, uh, till I die, till I die. Uh, good morning to you, Sean. Good morning to you, to Lynn, uh, to Afsar. Good morning, people. Uh, Kevin, Brad, Tony, Trag. Good morning, everybody. Answer, Dan, uh, Vinny, Jashar, King. Uh, we've got who else? We've got Jason. We've got Chris. Chris has got uh, his name has been copyrighted. Wow, that's that's quite incredible, Chris. How did you manage that one? As a rule, good morning to you, uh, Rebel. Uh, we've got Virash, we've got uh, Graham and Ronald and Ace and Awafo. Good morning to everybody else that unfortunately can't get through all of your names. Um, other than Ecos, because he just said he loves me, I, I will read that one because I'm biased, and that's how this works. Good morning uh, to Caleb as well. He's watching us from Liberia. Wow, fantastic stuff. Love hearing where people are joining us from all around the world. We kick off, as always, by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Link in the description. Uh, I'll be live over there at 10 a.m. again with the usual lads to have a chat about Arsenal in even more detail. So make sure you do come back and join us over there. Without further ado, let's talk through today's stories. Uh, Marquinhos, Arsenal's brand new signing. We covered him yesterday in a tactical breakdown show. I was joined uh, by Roman Henri to talk a little bit about uh, the, the Brazilian youngster who will be blessing our preseason this summer. Looking forward to seeing what this kid's got about him. Uh, that's made him so highly rated in Brazil. So make sure if you haven't done so already to go and give that a watch. I'll make sure I leave a little tag if you're watching on playback somewhere on the screen as well. But it is the last upload on the channel before this show. So uh, you should have no trouble in finding it. Let's crack on though with the main stories of the day. And uh, Belgian uh, side uh, has been after Mika Biereth. Mika Biereth, we know uh, specifically 
has been one of the best players in the under-23s last season. Had a really excellent campaign after we signed him from Fulham. A really, really strong one, in fact. It's a player that I know that the club rates significantly highly. Uh, my former colleague Chris Wheatley uh, did report that he is considered to be going on loan. And RKC Valvike, uh, I hope I pronounced that as, as good as I can, um, in Belgium are looking to try and take him on loan. I think, are they Belgian? I feel like they are. I feel, it sounds Belgian. I'm going to assume, I'm, it's really bad that I'm making that assumption, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, they are a Belgian side. Um, they're looking to try and take him on loan for next season. Um, really interesting kind of player, specifically kind of tall, different profile to what we've come to expect um, previously. Um, so we'll have a look and see what he does next season. Um, you'll be able to tell me in the chat box if you think I've got that one wrong, which I would appreciate if you would. But uh, yeah, KRC Valveik, uh are the side that are looking to bring him in next season. Moving forward to Omar Ekic, Tunisian international, already played uh, at the international level with Tunisia. Oh, sorry, it is the Netherlands. There you go. So uh, to be fair, if it wasn't Belgium, it was going to be the Netherlands. So there you are. And speaking of the Netherlands, uh, Omar Ekic will be moving uh, on loan to Rotterdam, uh, it seems, which is actually a really interesting one because there were some really big teams um, linked with the move for Omar Rekic. Likes of Lille were interested in him. However, it is going to be Rotterdam, uh, it seems, um, that will specifically be the team that get hold of Omar Rekic next season. Um, I look at him as a player that has so much potential, but there are obviously obstacles in his way. And now the reason why Rotterdam are the side that are going to get hold of him and not a side like Lille is supposedly because um, the club wants to make sure that he's got kind of game time guaranteed and Rotterdam were willing to include a clause in the contract that basically instructs them that they have to play him in a certain number of fixtures. Um, Lille weren't willing to do that. Um, but Rotterdam were. So it looks like Omar Rekic will be set to join uh, the Netherlands team uh, as well, who will be playing in the same country now, as we know, as Mika Vire. Uh Lucas Torreira, we feel like we're doing a daily update on him at this point now. Uh, Lucas Torreira, the Uruguayan international, uh, being linked back and forth with Lazio and also, um, uh, and, and also Roma. And Roma are the team now that are supposedly pushing a little bit harder to try and get hold of Torreira. Arsenal and Edu need to make sure they get maximum value, absolute maximum value as feasibly possible for Lucas Torreira. Um, he's a player that, although has a one year left on his deal, should still bring in the club a pretty penny if they're able to get a decent figure for him. We know that the asking price is well above the 7 million euros that Fiorentina are willing to offer for him, and quite rightly too. Uh, but Lucas Torreira fingers crossed, we'll let uh, and see him move on for a very decent figure um, because he's just not going to be involved in the Arsenal squad for the next campaign. And we'd rather, or the club would rather, certainly bring in some capital before his contract runs out. Now we move on to the main incoming stories now. It's no secret that Fabio Vieira will be joining Arsenal in the summer. But some information was released yesterday, um, according to Ojogo, uh, who claims that Jorge Mendes, uh, who obviously was a, a big part of the deal to help Fabio Vieira move to Arsenal, is set to receive 10% of that transfer fee. So around 3.5 million euros, Porto will get the remaining 31.5 million, plus, of course, any of the add-ons that are also uh, involved with this. 
it's not surprising. You know, Arsenal have worked with agents for quite some time. Kia Jarabchin has been a big part of Arsenal's transfer business, uh, even up until the present day. Uh, and George Mendes getting involved in Arsenal's transfers has enabled them to obviously move for a player like Fabio Vieira fairly swiftly and quietly and cheaply, some might suggest as well. So I'm hoping that we may see an announcement this week for Fabio Vieira. It obviously depends on when he can uh, do all of the stuff that we you expect to with the, the pictures and stuff like that. But I thought that he did his medical last week. And so uh, I imagine that the images and all of the promotion and PR and stuff like that would have been done at the same time. Uh, so it should be something that is announced fairly soon. We'll have to wait and see uh, what indeed does happen. But uh, yeah, George Mendes getting a very tidy sum, supposedly, for this move. Uh, and Arsenal showing, again, they're not afraid to pay big money to agents to get deals done. Uh, and our penultimate story of the day is on Gabriel Jesus. Now, it's been reported by both Di Marzio, uh, and The Mirror that Tottenham Hotspur have attempted to enter discussions with uh, Gabriel Jesus. As we've been talking out, talking about on the channel for a, a while, Arsenal's agreement with Jesus has been in place for some time and that they have been on the same page with Manchester City. Uh, I, I, I still remain confident that this is a deal that Arsenal will get done. Obviously, it's not ideal hearing these stories about Spurs. Why Jesus would choose to go to Tottenham when obviously you've got competition from Son and from Kane into those striking positions. When at Arsenal, you're coming in as a much more guaranteed starter. They do have the Champions League football. They do have the manager that can offer. Um, but of course, Arteta has that sway with having worked with Jesus before. It's felt like this is one that's been done for some time in regards to the work with the player and that Arsenal just needed to agree and do everything they could to try and get him into the club. I feel as though this could be an attempt to kind of, you know, prompt Arsenal to speed up that process. Linking Tottenham with an Arsenal target is often what you see to speed some processes along. Um, it's not to say that Tottenham don't have an interest in Jesus. They, they certainly do and have done for some time. But at the same point, I am still very indeed confident that Arsenal will sign him. Let's just say if it doesn't happen, there is going to be hell to pay for Edu and Arteta if they don't get Jesus over the line before the pre-season starts. I think it should be a deal they're aiming to get done very, very soon indeed. And I believe I saw a story that he had uh, a baby yesterday. So congratulations to him. Now, our final story is on Lissandro Martinez. Now, Manchester United's interest in uh, Lissandro Martinez is very strong and they will compete with Arsenal for the player. There was some interesting reports coming out of the Netherlands yesterday claiming that Arsenal hadn't actually made an official offer and it was just kind of a... It was in discussion. It was a proposal of around 30 million euros that Ajax basically told him to go do one. Um, but that does not cooperate with the stories coming out from both The Athletic and other uh, aspects of the media that did claim, and Sky, of course, too, that a May offer was rejected around the 30 million euro figure. There is still an expectation that Arsenal will push to try and sign Martinez for that probably higher figure of around 30 million pounds rather than the 25 million pound initial offer that we made. I hope he's a player that we get done. We'll be focusing specifically on him in this evening's tactical breakdown. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and of course, we'll be able to discuss him even more on several other transfer shows when we get around to doing them. But yeah, there's always going to be a concern that a player like this won't end up moving to Arsenal because there's competition from the likes of Manchester United and Ajax aren't that open to selling him unless it's for a very high figure. 
but he's definitely a priority in Arsenal's thoughts. And so Arsenal seemingly want to try and get this deal done as quickly as possible. And fingers crossed it's a deal that we could see get done as quickly as possible. And we will continue to keep you updated with all of the latest on Lissandro Martinez and Gabriel Jesus when they come in. And that completes today's stories. Uh, it wasn't the most uh, hectic of days in the world of Arsenal news yesterday, but we've covered plenty of it, which means we're going to move to your questions in the chat box and the Q&A session as well. If you haven't already dropped a like on the video already, there's over 1,100 of you listening. Thank you so much for your continued support of the channel. Do please drop a like. It takes just a quick second and it really does help us out. And if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please try and make sure you do. We do these shows every morning at 8 a.m., keeping you up to date. And then we go into the chat box and start specifically answering your questions. So let's do that after this very, very, very short break. Okay, let's jump into the chats and go to Mohamed, who says, uh, is Lissandra Martinez going to be another Awar story? I mean, any player you could ask that question to. Ultimately, at this stage in the process, we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be a player that we can get done. We don't know if it's a player that's going to drag on throughout the course of the window and happen towards the end of the window. I feel like with the way in which Arsenal have approached this transfer with an official offer already and with the aim to go back and try and go in with another offer, it would be one that you would think, if it is going to happen, get sorted out or at least a decision is made on it before the end of kind of this pre-pre-season period. You know, once we hit those pre-season training sessions and matches on July 8th onwards, you'd hope we've got some or some of the major business at least done already at the club. Uh, PJ says, I hope you're on the men, Tom. Your dedication is unparalleled. Thanks, mate. How encouraging is it that Arsenal are signing slash being linked with players who have either won leagues or are comfortable in the Premier League? It's very encouraging. You know, I've talked about this at length. Arteta has tried to change the way in which we're recruiting players at the club to focus specifically on trying to recruit Premier League experienced players going into their prime. You know, we saw it with Ben White. We saw it with Ramsdale. Hopefully, we're going to see it with the likes of Gabriel Jesus and possibly Yuri Tillemans and Rafinha, as well as other two targets that Arsenal have at this stage of the window. Vinny says, are you going to be comparing Martinez to left-backs or centre-backs? I'm going to try my best to compare him to uh, one, a mixture. I think it's important to try and compare him to uh, Tommy Yasu um, because, of course, he plays in that hybrid role. It's, obviously, you talk about him playing on the opposite flank, but you know, full-backs of that style are very similar traits. So I don't think there's too much of an issue comparing to a player like Tomiyasu. Of course, Gabriel's going to come into the fold as well. But I'm open to suggestions about other players that you think it should be compared to because he is a centre-back. You know, his main role is a left-sided centre-back. So it's worth doing that. It should be that we open it up maybe to having a little bit more of a look at some of how he compares in a left-back sense. But I am very, very open indeed to, to making some comparisons with plenty of other players. And we'll be open to reading your suggestions in the comments section after the show has finished. Uh, MC says, what role in the midfield does Patino play? Now, Patino is still kind of yet to specialise as a central midfielder. He, I know already at his age, you would think he would have specialised, but he's played at eight, he's played at six, he's played at 10, he's played on the wide position. He's played in loads of areas for the Arsenal youngsters and for England as well. I see him more as, you know, box-to-box -box kind of number eight, someone who can be creative and get forwards and get into the box and score as he did against Sunderland. But I still think there is more to come from him in other areas that we haven't yet seen yet. And we're going to have to wait for some specialisms to take place before we make a decision on his future. 
Um, Trium says, Tom, I know you're going to say new toy syndrome, but Lissandro is better than all we have. And that's good. You know, if we're looking to sign these, a new player in defense, sign someone that's better than what we've got. Like, great. I don't want backups. You guys know I hate the word backup. It's one of my least favorite words when it comes to football. I want competitors in every single role. And if we're looking to sign someone that's better than what we already have, brilliant. That's the way in which Arsenal need to move in the market. Uh, Cantona says, Man United want Timber. Yuri and Timber, of course. Van Hal told Timber he would risk his Netherlands spot if he goes there. So Man United decide to turn to Martinez instead. Um, if they do go for Martinez, he's a different player to Timber, of course. Um, Timber, as I believe, is more of a right-sided player and more of a fullback than uh, what Martinez is. But uh, is he? Hold on. I'm getting confused with someone else. Timber, I'm sure he's been playing at the back line for, for Ajax. Timber, Yuri and is a yeah he's a center back that can play as a right back okay so he's kind of that right-sided version of, of martinez um in terms of what that means to man united van house played with your coached uh martinez so you would expect that move to you would expect it to take place if it was a straight race between arteta and him i think it would more lean towards united and that's why arsenal need to move fast if it is indeed going to happen uh, Bernard says, hey, Tom, are you going to the preseason game against Nuremberg in Germany? Do you know how to get tickets? I don't know how to get tickets at the moment. I don't know if I'm going yet. Uh, it'd be great to be able to go out to Germany. Um, but uh, I don't know is the answer right now. And I don't know about tickets, unfortunately. Uh, Madji says, be honest, Tom, how much are you going to miss Mane elbowing players in the face and not getting booked? No, nothing, nothing. I'm not going to miss it at all. I, I can't stand that guy. And I'm looking forward to him leaving. Uh, see you later, it's fair to say. Uh, Joseph says, any news on Yuri Tielemans? Nothing, I'm afraid. Still still hasn't really progressed. There's been, I've heard nothing since the information I talked about a couple of days ago. Um, I just hope, I hope it happens. I hope that it changes. I hope the situation recovers. It's just not looked good. Um I'm not going to BS you. You know, I'm not going to give you information just for the sake of information. You know, I'm not going to post a video with Tielemans in the headline just to get you to click on it. I'm not going to post a tweet with Tielemans in it just to get you to click on it. I will talk about Tielemans if I have an update for you or if I have something else to say on Tielemans. Um, but there's nothing. So I unfortunately don't have anything for you, uh, mate. I'm sorry. Um, King says, if Saliba and Martinez comes in, do you think this is the end for Holdini? Tommy can cover at the centre-back spot. Uh, possibly so. Yeah, and Holding might look to that and think, yeah, I know I'm not going to get that many chances next season. But if he's happy being in and around the squad, there's nothing wrong with having more depth. We're not losing anything by keeping him. So it's going to be up to him. But he could be worth you know, significant fees. English, he's homegrown, Premier League experience, mid-20s, sign a long-term contract. I think you could get easily 15-plus million pounds for Rob Holding. Easily get that amount of money if someone wanted to come in for him. So... Let's see what happens. Uh, Freddie says, I still really want to see Tillemans in an Arsenal shirt. Please, can you calm me down, Tom, and tell me we're definitely still going for him? Look, Arsenal are still interested in Tillemans. Arsenal still want Tillemans. But unfortunately, you know, there are lots of moving parts to a transfer. And sometimes they make it difficult to not only do, but to commit to. And hopefully those things get sorted out. Um, but I don't know at this stage about whether or not that they will. Uh, MMHC says, are you a fan of playing Ben White right back and putting Saliba and Gabriel at centre-back? Uh, I actually think that Saliba is the more adept of the two to play right back. Uh, he's played right back for Marseille, as has Ben White played right back for Arsenal. Um, it depends who you play at left back. It would have to be Tierney, you would think, for balance. 
But I think Saliba is more akin to playing right back than Ben White is, personally, from watching both of them this season. Um, Zinchenko, Nuno and Timber comparisons, uh, says Clive, uh, for the possible links to Martinez. I would be a little bit hesitant about comparing to Zinchenko just because he's... His profile and style is so different to that of Martinez. Um, I know that Martinez has played in midfield. I know he's played left back, as has Zinchenko. But stylistically, Zinchenko is very, very different to Martinez. So uh, I'm I'm a little bit cautious of that. And I do want to make a comparison to an existing Arsenal player as well. Craig says, Tom, I can't understand why some content creators refer to social media as a yardstick for the masses' opinion when the loud minority drown out the sensible majority um obviously we've covered a lot of reactions on social media we did it the other day with the eddie and ketia story um i think that social media is obviously a loud yardstick as you say and it's not representative of the entire fan base but it's also not something i want to ignore it's also not something i'm not going to stop talking about i'm not going to stop saying that any abuse or direct responses criticizing the club or a player on their specific post doesn't look ridiculous um, I'm always going to do that. I'm always going to call it out. I'm always going to have my opinion. I'm not going to have someone tell me I can't do that. Um, I, I say it all the time. You're entitled to an opinion. And that's why on the Eddie and Ketia thing, I said, if your opinion is that we shouldn't have renewed his contract or he shouldn't have got the number 14, that's fine. Like you're entitled to your view. You can say what you like about it. But the thing is, if you're going to go and abuse or you're going to go and directly respond to the post or directly respond to the player's post with all of this criticism, I'm sorry, but it's just that's just not the behaviour of an Arsenal fan. And that's my opinion. If you don't like it, cool. It doesn't affect whether I'm going to say it or not. It's just, it's ridiculous. And I said fair play to people like Ian Wright and people like Gabriel that came out and said something. I want to see a bit of humanity. I want to see a bit of resistance. I want to see these people sticking up for the club and sticking up for the players at the club and the decisions that are made there at times. Sure, we can criticise some of the decisions. Absolutely, because some of the decisions aren't for the benefit of the club. But when it comes down to attack it, like attacking the abuse, I'm never going to turn around to Gabrielle or Ian Wright and say anything bad about them for what they've done there. I'm going to judge them based upon performance or opinions and other things. Sure. When it comes down to tackling and responding to abuse and ridiculous comments online, fair play, guys. You keep doing what you're doing because you're smashing it. Um, Steve says, has Arsenal called their interest in Zinchenko? Uh, they still have an interest in Zinchenko. It's just the, the difficulty with the Zinchenko deal, if it was ever going to happen, is that he's he's quite not far down the list, but he's just not on the priorities of players. And I think they would look towards him if, say, Xhaka was to move on. If Xhaka left, which I don't think he will, um, I think that's when they might look at someone like Zinchenko. But until then, I don't think they can guarantee him the football that he would be after, with the amount of players that we've got. If you think about it, we bring in if we bring in Tielemans, you've now brought in Vieira. I know they play in different roles, but now all of a sudden you've got in midfield, Elneny, Lukonga, Xhaka, Partey, Vieira, Tielemans, Odegaard. You know, it's a lot of players, not to mention the youngsters that are coming through. Not to mention Martinez, if you were to bring in him, who could play in midfield as well. So you've got a lot of players there. And I don't think Zinchenko would look at that and go, he's necessarily going to give guaranteed to play more minutes at Arsenal than he would be at Manchester City. Um, Clive says, on Martinez, I do like the inverted left-back description similar to Tommy. This opens up more of an attacking eight. Good shout. Thanks, mate. Yeah, I think it's all about the balance. You know, signing someone like him, and I wrote about this yesterday, I think it's out, um, about how basically Tommy Asu is telling Arteta through his performances that we needed to go for someone on the left-hand side like him because as soon as Tini got injured, 
we were screwed. Like our end of season running was screwed because we lost our balance in our defence. You know, we had two offensive-minded fullbacks in Tavares and Cedric playing. And whilst I criticised Arteta for using Xhaka at left-back against Brighton, I completely understood why he did it because he was desperate after what happened against Crystal Palace to get the balance back into the team. He didn't have any balance in his back four because the way in which Arsenal played with a Tommy Asu or with Tierney covering that role when uh, Tommy Asu wasn't there was one of the big reasons why we managed to get into a top four race last year. So the fact that unfortunately we weren't able to sustain that because of the injury to Tommy and Tierney, we have to go into the market, I feel, and get into someone and get someone in like a Martinez that can balance the back four. What it means if you play Tommy and Martinez, I don't know. I don't know if that's too negative. I don't know if, I don't know if that's too reserved. I think maybe the balance would need to be there. You rotate. You maybe use Martinez at left centre-back if you want to use him and give Gabriel a bit of a rest. But we definitely need a left-sided centre-back anyway because Marie's going to go this summer. So we need to make sure that we're prepared for that. Uh, let's... Um, Let's jump into more of your questions. We're going to be here for a little bit longer. I feel like I can. I feel like we're going to be able to go for a bit longer, which is good. Um, I haven't been able to go too much longer than twenty minutes most days. Wow, someone's <laughs> going to clip that comment. Um, Sco says pretty good uh, point on Craig. Usually, the comment section is spammed by negative anger bots, all cliches and mediocrities. Uh, but polls suggest they're in the minority. Yes, um, the cone layer is a personal favourite. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, the cone layer is a personal favourite of mine um, in the criticisms of Arteta because it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Uh, so let's go to CM who says, all forms of abuse should be confronted and I applaud those that do. Fair play to you. Uh, Martin says, I'm not bothered either way about Nketiah signing a new contract as long as we sign two other quality forwards, uh, Jesus and a target man. I don't think you're necessarily going to see the target man come in. I just don't think that profile is something that we're really going hard for this summer. I just don't think it's something that we're going to see. I don't think the options are out there necessarily that they're willing to spend what it would take to get them in. You know, your Tammies, your Skamaka. Skamaka's probably going to go to PSG. Um, your Calvert-Lewin, I don't think they're sold on anymore. Tammies, as I say, is too expensive. I just don't think that profile of striker is necessarily out there in abundance, in an accessible figure for what we want to spend in other areas of the pitch. That's why I did say, and it will sound mad to you, but I don't mind the idea of a lone striker for a season that gives us just that mad option off the bench. Burnley are willing to let Val Veghorst go on loan this season. If it got to deadline day and he was still at the club and we'd signed, say, Rafinha and Jesus and we'd renewed Eddie and Ketia, I don't think I'd mind bringing in someone like that on loan as a last resort just to give us a different option from the bench across a season. You know, I don't, I'm not against that idea. People turn around and go, where are your standards, Tom? Why are you talking about someone like him? And I'd say, no, I absolutely agree with you. Sure, he's not a player that should be playing at Arsenal in the long term. But if we're going to get someone on loan, just to give us something a little bit different, it could be the difference between picking up three points. And we all know what three points cost us last season. So I'm not wildly against the idea, to be honest. Uh, Musa says, hi, when making a transfer, do you think they have to book appointments for meetings and make bids? Is that why it feels slow? No, uh, I, I say no. As, to my understanding, you know, it's, it's all for agents. Like, so it's a really good video on TIFO and The Athletic, I think, in combination did this. And they confirmed a lot of theories about transfers. Like so much of it is done through WhatsApp. You know, WhatsApp is a massive, you may laugh at me saying that, but it's the truth. WhatsApp is a huge part of transfer negotiation, you know agents, technical directors, managers. Um, WhatsApp is a quick, fast way of getting information, offers across. It's a double encrypted uh, system. So 
it's it's used. WhatsApp is massively used in the transfer window between clubs, agents, players, technical directors, uh, sporting directors, chairmen's. Like, you know, it's used massively. So there you go. Uh, NSW says, glad to see you getting better, Tom. Uh, got in time for your 20-minute comments. Thanks, mate. I always find it funny when people say I'm late or they leave a comment saying, no, I missed the live show. And I'm sitting there going, I've done this show over 300, 400, nearly 400 times. You know, we're closing on an episode 200 of the transfer show. And I know we do the Arsenal news show when the transfer window's not on. And I'm like, we've done it at 8 a.m., like nearly every day. <laughs> How have you missed it? Like, what are you doing? How have you managed to miss the show? Uh, Hack says, why do we accept such low fees for our players? Who's in charge of negotiate exit deals with Torreira should be worth like 50 million. And if Rafinha is worth 45 million, then Pepe should be worth 45 million. Check the stats. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. And unfortunately, um, you've got to ask, who's buying Pepe for 45 million? Who's going to do that? No one. We don't determine the price. Buyers determine prices of players. A player is only worth as much as what a team are willing to pay for them. And if no one's willing to pay 45 million for Pepe, he's not worth 45 million. If a team ain't willing to pay 30 million for Pepe or teams are willing to pay 30 million for Pepe, he's not worth 30 million pounds. If we are willing to pay 50 million for Jesus, if clubs are willing to go that high, that's what he's worth. That's just how the market, that's just how buying and selling works. Unfortunately, the reason why we accept such low fees for our players is because we've got players that not many teams are willing to buy because we've made such poor decisions in recruitment over the last decade plus that we're stuck with a lot of players that the current regime don't want. And they're not, another, not a lot of other clubs want to pay for it because their wages are already too high. So that's why there's so many factors, you know, it's not simply going, oh, he's worth this. He's worth this. He's got this many goals. So he must be worth this because there's other players worth that. Rafinha is levels, in my view, above Pepe, you know, Premier League experience. He's putting it down every week in the Premier League. We can talk about overall stats, European statistics. Sure. And Pepe's got a very good Europa League record. But when you look at actually his application in the Premier League and consistency and putting down the numbers there, it's just not there. Whereas Rafinha's performance is beyond just goals and assists as well is really strong and there's and there's a demand for Rafinha Arsenal Chelsea Spurs Barcelona have all got interest in Rafinha those clubs aren't going for Pepe so that's why you don't see the the demand you don't see the, the same price tags for both players let's um let's go to so Joe go so slow uh, says I understand Arteta wanting to keep the same defensive shape whether or not Tini is injured but with Cedric as Tommy's backup, someone should have seen Nuno not being the greatest of options. I'm not going to disagree with you, mate. I'm not going to disagree with you one jot. And actually, you know, we brought in Nuno um, before we brought in Tommy Asu. You know, we brought in Nuno well ahead of things. So I think it was probably because they didn't, they weren't really expecting to lose both Tommy and Tierney. And the thing is, Tierney can play in more of a reserved role and did for quite a few games. If you remember that run of games just after January, if you remember where Lacazette was getting like an assist every game, I think he got something like a seven assists in nine starts or something. That was a period when we didn't have Tommy Asu, but we did have Cedric and Tierney. And Tierney played in more of a different style. He wasn't getting forward as much. He was sitting in a lot more. Cedric was the one going forwards. So we had our balance. So I don't think they necessarily thought that we would have that issue. 
but we did um and it, it's cost us it's really really cost us you know said said the thing about cedric cedric gets a lot of stick and he's got stick from me you know he's got a lot, a lot of criticism from me but when when it wasn't Tavares that was there he was doing a good job his deliveries were getting better you know his overlapping was getting better it was only when he was exposed because we just didn't have the numbers that that's when we started to go oh he's awful he's awful um, in reality, he's not that awful. You know, he's just a very decent, he's a decent footballer, but he's not a starter for Arsenal and he's not really a competitor for Tommy Asu. I'm hoping that Brooke Norton Cuffey can be that player. And I don't really necessarily want to see that. Um, I don't necessarily want to see that pathway blocked um, for him by making a signing there. But that might be a little bit hypocritical because I've said I've wanted to see, you know, competitors in every role. Speaking of which, Cubic says, Hi, Tom. Brooke Norton Cuffey played yesterday in the under-19s. Did you watch him by any chance? I didn't, unfortunately. I was doing a lot of wedding admin. Um, do you think he will have a role to play next season? I hope so. I think he's going to get an opportunity in the preseason this year. That's always a good audition for these players. Either that or he needs to go on loan. Like he doesn't, he's, he's too good for the under-23s. He's too good for that. He should go to the championship on loan if he's not going to get a chance in the first team next season. Uh, Jacob says, do you know why I say Arteta is a good manager when you listen uh, to Spurs fans? They always attack him. This shows Arteta is doing something right. Uh, it's sad some of our fans don't see it, but rival fans do. Uh, you know, I don't think Arteta came in and necessarily worried our rival supporters, you know, not anywhere near as much as when Conte arrived at Spurs. You know, that was an appointment that certainly intimidates. It does intimidate. There's no point lying about it. It's an intimidating appointment. Arteta wasn't necessarily the same, but I think what Arteta's done at Arsenal has concerns rivals. I think if you look at the way Arsenal have progressed beyond Manchester United now, it's because we've made some really strong decisions in comparison to their circus. So, and that comes down to the decisions we've made, not, not just because of money we've spent. So there you go. Um, Drew says, how is the wedding going? Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff still to do. Um, it is in August, but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. It is not on the day of a game. You know, when the fixtures came out, and get married on the 26th and uh we at the moment we're playing uh we're playing someone on the 27th who is it is it fulham i think it might be fulham um and we're playing yeah we're playing a game on the 27th so i've just said i was like just just two hours just give me two hours the day after the wedding you know i'm probably going to be hanging anyway let's be real uh just give me two hours to watch the game probably won't do a show because i think i'll be pushing it a little bit but just let me watch the game just just let me watch the game that's all i ask for you know, that's all i want to do the day after the wedding is just, just let me watch. I'll do anything else and within reason, anything else. Just, just let me watch the game. Um, Abbe says, do you think Lissandro could replace Tierney permanently considering Arteta uh, likes his fullbacks inverted? Um, I'm not sure because I don't know, Abbe, if he could, if it's balanced deal with Tommy Asu and Martinez. I don't know if it's too, too negative uh, of, a, of a setup. I know we've played against teams that have used four centre-backs in the past, but I'm just not sure whether it's balanced or not, playing both Martinez and, um, and Tierney as well. Uh, Richie says, Tom, it's not fair to talk about other clubs. Are we the best to recruit after Liverpool? Um, we need to do it consistently. Like, you know, we've had 2021 and 2020. They were really good. 2021, I thought, was really good. 2020, I thought, was was mixed. I thought there were some really good decisions. It was a start of that kind of improvement in the market. Um, but we need to show it more consistently. I'm not going to sit here in the start of 2022 and saying, yeah, we're great in the market. We're amazing. No, that's not the reality. The reality is that we're better. 
We're better in the market than we have been for a long time, but we need to do it consistently. You know, that's why I'm never going to sit back and just say, everything's great. I'm happy with everything. You know, I don't want things to change. I'm not going to put any pressure. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to, all I'm going to do is be Mr. Positive all the time. No, that's not the reality of the situation. Still going to be critical, still going to be demanding, still going to be asking for this, asking for that, making sure this happens, explaining my reasons for why we have to qualify for the Champions League next season for it to be a successful season. That has to be the minimum expectation. It's always about progression. It's always about demanding us to go forwards. That's what my demand is. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say my expectation is that we challenge for a title next year because I don't think it's realistic. But I do think that what's realistic is me saying that qualifying for the Champions League next season after spending what could look to be even more than we spent in 2021 has to be a must. I will congratulate the work that we do in the market, hopefully, because I'm confident about what we're going to do, and then we'll look towards the season. I'm really excited about the season. I know that word, the word excited has been kind of, it's been blasphemized kind of, you know, at this point. It's, there's so much chaos around the word excited because of the whole stigma that Josh gave it. But I am genuinely intrigued and I'm excited for football to come back and I'm excited to see what we do in the rest of the, the, the transfer window. And I'm hoping that it achieves something. I'm hoping it pushes us towards our targets. And that target for me is Champions League qualification. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, I really enjoyed doing the phone-in show the other day, and I know a lot of people comment and say they either wish they could come on or they want to know with more notice about when we're going to do phone-in shows. So I want to create a day in which we do a phone-in show and that we do it every week because I know that consistency is always going to be key. I'm feeling like Tuesdays at 6 might be a good day to do it. Either that because obviously we don't we don't play Champions League football, so, you know, there's... And I don't have any uh, <laughs> commitments on Tuesday evenings, really. So I'm feeling like Tuesday, six o'clock is going to be the days in which we start doing phone-ins. And if you want to get involved in the phone-ins, I need to try and come up with a way of making it really accessible so that you can register your interest so that I don't miss it because some people don't have Twitter, some people don't have Instagram. And I also want to open up to, you know, people that really listen to me and go, what on earth is this idiot talking about? You know, I want it to be a case where people really don't agree with my views jump on. I don't want it to be an echo chamber. I don't want it to be people that just agree with everything I say and go, you know, I heard what you said. I thought it was great. And here's why. I don't mind hearing that, but I want to see variation. I want to see, you know, I've been doing a few Twitter spaces and I think Twitter spaces are great. If there was a way to get Twitter spaces onto a YouTube stream, that'd be great. But I don't think it's possible. Um, if anyone knows how to do that, um, we'll have to wait and see, you know, and, and you'll have to let me know because I'd love to be able to do a Twitter space on YouTube, but I don't know how you do that. And I'd love to do that because when we do those Twitter spaces on, on Twitter, they're really good, but I'd love them to be on here because I think that's, that's, that would be really good listening because we get some really good Twitter spaces going on when we do that. I'd love to make it more of a regular thing. Anyway, um, a little bit later on today, we're doing our tactical breakdown on Lissandro Martinez. Fingers crossed. We've got some good expert insight lined up for you. I'll be live in just over an hour's time again. So there's 1,400 of you listening. Thank you. By the way, that's, I think that's a record for the 8 a.m. shows. Thank you so much to everyone that's been tuning in. Really appreciate your time. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. It means so, so much. It means I can keep doing this, which is great. And I hope you appreciate it as well um but yeah we'll be doing that a little bit later on today live at 10 a.m over on the arsenal way if you're wondering what the hell i'm talking about it's another channel that i work on um with the guys at football.london just part of my day job 
So uh, yeah, link in the description in the link tree. Go and have a check of it. Do some really good transfer stuff over there. But we're live every weekday morning at 10 a.m. as well. So do come and have a listen this morning if you're still not working uh, or at school or whatever you're doing. But thank you for listening. Do drop a like on the video as always. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And I will see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.